this is Daryl. Thank you for listening to the Total Soccer Show. Today's show is part two of a two-part collaboration with JD and The Rod, better known as Jason Davis and Jared Dubois, two soccer podcasting originals who got the band back together this year. We've worked with Jason a lot, but we've never had the pleasure of a full-on four-way experience with both Jason and Jared until today. And what are we doing? We're doing a mixtape of Landon Donovan's games. This is Jason and Jared's idea where each of us selects three Landon Donovan games to sit down and watch in one day, which obviously leads to a great discussion about all aspects of Donovan's career across Major League Soccer, the Bundesliga, such as it was, the Premier League, and of course, the US men's national team. It's a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy Remember when I said this was part two? Well, in part one, we do the same thing, but for Tom Cruise movies. Which three Tom Cruise movies would you watch back to back to back with some bathroom breaks in a single day? To hear that conversation, find it on the JD and the Rod podcast feed, which you can find across all podcast players. So wherever you're listening to this right now, you can also find JD and the Rod right there. Before we get going, a reminder of the recent Bundesliga news. The Bundesliga is all set to begin play again in empty stadiums on Saturday, May 16th. First games will kick off at 9.30am Eastern on Saturday, May 16th. And one of those games really is Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke. Expect plenty of preview and review content on the Total Soccer Show over the next week or so. And please spread the word. Let people know we will be covering live soccer once again on the Total Soccer Show. And a final note, we appreciate iTunes reviews. We really do. We love them. And thank you to everyone who has left one recently. We also appreciate feedback about the show and we will often take it on board. But please, and to be honest, I'm mostly talking to one person here. Please, please stop updating a single review in an attempt to communicate with us. We can't respond via iTunes. It's not a messaging system. If you have something you want to discuss about the show, please email us. Contact at totalsoccershow.com goes to both of us. Or you can email me directly, daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, at totalsoccershow.com. And we'll definitely read it and we'll usually respond pretty fast. I hope this message reaches the person I'm talking to. Okay, back to today's shows. Here's me and Taylor, joined by Jason and Jared, making our Landon Donovan mixtapes. So welcome to a special episode of the Total Soccer Show plus JD plus The Rod. Um, This is part two of the mixtape special. Um, We did a Tom Cruise mixtape over on the JD and The Rod show. We are here to do a Landon Donovan mixtape. Jared, I I cut you off before we started officially recording. You were just going... I apologize, by the way. You were just going through your process for selecting your three Landon Donovan games and how it differed from your process for the Tom Cruise mixtape. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know if soccer is just too personal or we're so close to it that nuance seems to matter more. But when it came to an actor, I found myself picking three movies that I would like to watch on a random day. But I felt like with someone like Landon Donovan, I felt the need to establish a story of his life. Now, I'm not sure if you guys, you guys might just pick games that were felt good or whatever, but I felt a need to kind of just say the arc of this 
I don't know. I, I, I felt to put more drama and more timeline to it. Well, I think there, uh, just to, to, to piggyback on that, I think there are players where they have great careers and you could just pick three amazing performances. Oh, they, they, they dominated a World Cup match or a final or they won a Champions League or whatever. And you could just pick out three really good games and that would be fine. But for Donovan, there is such an arc. There is such a, there are so many highs and lows and not just on the field, but sort of off the field and how many directions he was pulled in and being sort of the chosen one for American soccer. I think you have to choose, you have to go in some of those directions, right? Did you guys um, take into account how good the entire game was? I find myself finding Landon Donovan's moments and then like hoping the rest of the game was good. And in certain cases, I'm not sure I succeeded. This is the difficulty of this. And we, I think we recognize when we did Clint Dempsey on our show that the difficulty is, okay, are you picking moments? Because if you pick moments, what's the rest of the game? Because again, the, the, the remit is that you have to kind of take into account the entire game. If you want, uh, like for example, Clint Dempsey, goal against Juventus in the Europa League, what, 2012? Is that the right year? Whatever year that was. There. Everybody knows that year, that, that goal, right? He was a substitute in that game. He played 20 minutes in that match or whatever it was. So am I choosing that game against Juventus at Craven Cottage and watching yeah, the first? Our criteria was that you had to watch all 90 minutes of the game. To, I'm not, to, to, to be, yeah, you've got to watch the 90 minutes. Are you still going to watch that game if he's only playing the last 30? It was Maybe. a good game. It was yeah. a good game, that match, and you might get enjoyment out of it, but it really isn't about Clint Dempsey until you get to those last 20 minutes when he comes on as a substitute. So I think that's the difficulty, Daryl. I have one other question as well. Um, can I assume that when I'm watching these three games, they're all in high definition? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, one of mine definitely was not, and that's one of the reasons why I picked it, because I remember watching it on a grainy TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I do think I think nostalgia is part of this for some players too. It's the ones that we were around to watch. I mean, if you went back and did Pushkas or something, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to kind of remember watching those games. Yeah. But with Landon Donovan, especially for 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 me and Jared, and I'm assuming for for Taylor as well, you kind of grew up with him like we're roughly mm-hmm. the same age right so it's yeah it's, it's kind of like that all right should we get huh. started then that. Um, yeah, why don't we let, don't we let jared go since since i think we were the first ones to go last time yes all right jared, jared. Okay. take it away all right, so mine i'm gonna tell you right now mine is chronological all um, right and so for me um for backstory for people that don't listen to our show potentially to listen to yours uh landon donald's from my hometown um his brother and i grew up together um so we were captains of our high school team together. So it was a big deal that this kid was coming out of our area. You know, like I played street hockey with this kid, you know, like it, it was, it was a big deal. So I remember tracking it with, uh, coming out of the U17, uh, World Cup that, hey, the Landon, the, you know, Josh's brother's like playing, just scored like 30 goals in 40 games for the U17s. Like, really? And so it was all, the, and it was back in the day before you could watch games on the internet and stuff like that. So you had to just read match recaps and everything. But I remember I watched on a great, TV this game on uh, October 25th, 2000. And this was his debut U.S. national team game Ooh, against Mexico wow. at the Coliseum in L.A. And uh, I was living in San Diego at the time, so it was, but you could get it locally around here uh, at that game. And he came on as a substitute when Chris Henderson got hit, hurt. And he went on to, in his first ever U.S. national team game against Mexico, got a goal and an assist. Uh, and that's really where it started the arc of, hey, this kid might be able to be useful by the World Cup in 2002. You Did know, that was like that defining moment. 
it finished uh, Dos Sincero. I think it did, actually. <laughs> I think it did. He got a goal and assist. I think that was the only goals in the, wow. the, the, was the final score that in that game. Blonde hair landed on it. It was too. blonde hair growing out. He, it yes. was roots, roots were there. So like there was just a little <laughs> bit of tips on there still. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just Mexicutioner, Mexicutioner from day one on the, on the, <laughs> the caps, you know? All right. That, that's a good, uh, going all the way back to the origin story. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, up next, let's go, let's go, Jason then. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start, I'm going to treat this, okay, three different, three different versions of Landon Donovan in my story here. And the way that I want to tell this story is sort of like, you know, how sometimes in a movie you'll, you'll have an entry point, the movie will start, you spend a little time in that moment and then quickly go to a flashback. And then a lot of the movie is maybe a flashback and then you're kind of bouncing around in time. That's kind of how this is going to happen. Not chronological at all. I'm going to start. So it's like the Jordan documentary. Yeah, yeah. I get, yeah, sure. Did, did your yeah. list begin with Landon Donovan saying, I bet you're wondering how I got here? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's me. What I was, no. Um, I'm going to go, and look, this is not the most important game of his career. I admit that. But for me, it's special. And I think for a lot of American soccer fans, it is, we elevate it because of the timing and what happened in that tournament. And although they lost the game, I'm picking the 2009 Confederation Cup final against Brazil. Okay, Ooh. that game, that counterattacking goal my is my favorite American goal of all time. I love that goal so much. And it was, it, I don't know if people remember the context. I think context is, is kind of part of this story, too, a part of the mixtape. Like you, if you know what was going on around the game, it adds some flavor. And people were, he was getting a lot of heat. There were, going into the tournament, he was getting a lot of heat. He was feeling, cle- clearly he was feeling the pressure of it. And, you know, they had to bounce back after some rough games in that tournament to even get into the knockout rounds. And I know it's a small tournament and doesn't mean anything. After he scored that goal, he started pointing at himself and he said, me, like he was taking, like, look at me. I did this. And I don't think I'd ever seen Landon Donovan sort of be cocky like that. Be that guy. It was his Clint, his uh, Clint Mathis tap the wrist watch kind of moment. It kind of was. It was kind of like, look, I'm still king. Sorry, he was he was saying like like obviously Clint Dempsey's really good. We got some other players. Michael Bradley came to into his own in that tournament, but this is my team, and I I love that goal, and I love that perform again. Even though they lost the game ultimately, yeah, that's they were the, up two nothing at halftime. That's the downside, right? You've got to watch the second half of that game. You do, you do. You have to <laughs> watch it, watch our center backs get abused. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll jump to my middle one then, since I think I'm next, because that is my that is my second one that I had. I had that one in my middle, and that's why, because because they lost. I have a win, then a loss, then. Oh, I like that uh, sandwich. Yeah, to structure it out a little bit. Uh, and since we've already talked a lot about like like the game itself, or at least some about the game itself, I'll just say I kind of like the idea of seeing what went so right in the first half, especially since I have the, the good games on either side, the sandwich, I feel better about it. But like knowing what happened in the first half versus what did Brazil do in the second, like you could still make it interesting tactically. But then the I remember watching that game. I watched with Daryl, and it's funny. We've already talked about standard versus high def. We were at a bar. We were in the room where all the HD TVs were. But the issue was that there was another part of the bar that was all still standard def. And because of that, there was like a one second or two second delay. So we heard the other side of the bar go insane. And we were like, well, what happened? And then everybody looked back. And like, I think we all missed the goal because everybody screamed so loud. And so we had to make the choice of do you stick with high def, but no, you're like a second or two behind. And we went in and watched the rest of the game on standard def. I will will say about that goal, uh, Taylor, Mm -hmm. while Landon Donovan cuts back and and scores the goal and it's a a well-finished goal. 
the the key to that is Charlie Davies in the pass mm-hmm. uh, up the left flank, uh, just kind of perfectly placed. I mean, it's it's a foot in front of the the last defender. It, it can't reach it. So they yeah. just the, mentioned the, the, that. nothing but upside Charlie Davies. Yep, that's the thing. That is that's the sadder thing to me more than the yeah. loss is the reminder yeah. of like this is how good they were. They made a FIFA final for the first time ever, and then yeah. or well, a non regional FIFA final, I should yeah. say. Yeah. And, and a healthy then, Aguchi Onyewu, who he get hurt a couple months later oh, yeah. too. So yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah. So that was my second. Daryl, what was your first? Um, so I'm honestly I'm choosing this first now because I'm scared someone else will take it later. I'm going to go. <laughs> it's the U.S. versus Slovenia mm. in Ooh. 2010. Okay. So All I know right. the Algeria game is obviously way more famous, and there's that moment. But that Algeria yeah. goal is the 91st minute, and there's 90 yeah. minutes of scoreless soccer. Well, there's before. also it, uh, I will say in 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 defense of that game, it's not Donovan, but Dempsey hits the crossbar like three times in that game mm-hmm. before they get to the 91st minute goal. I think it's it might I might be exaggerating, but there's definitely a couple of times where Dempsey came this close to scoring. So go ahead. But in USA two, Slovenia two, there are five goals for yeah. you to enjoy. Yes, there are. <laughs> yes, there are. Yeah, shout out to Moadu. <laughs> but there are four. There are four goals that count, right? So the US are two 0 down at halftime. I know you guys know this. This is for listeners who may not know. Um, Bob Bradley switches things up a little bit at halftime. I think he takes Findlay off maybe and puts an extra midfielder in. Imagine uh, that, he, taking got, Robbie Findlay off the game. Yeah, I think the, basically not Charlie off. Davis, Charlie Davis replacement is what right. Robbie Findlay Yeah, try was. to replicate Charlie. Right, yep. I think Benny Fahaba comes in. And so, isn't, this, isn't this when he, when he pulls uh, uh, Ricardo Clark? Isn't this, isn't this the game where he finally realizes that he that should start Ricardo Clark? It might be that. It might be that game. It may be. I okay. can't remember honestly, Taylor. But what I do know is that three minutes into the second half, US two 0 down. Bob Bradley's made all these changes. Um, I think Altador. I rewatched this. Obviously, Altador's made a run to the right wing. Donovan's gone deep down the right, and Steve Chirundolo like curls this ball oh. down the line from right back. It. I think it's such a good ball that the Slovenian left back stretches and can't get it. Or it's not a great ball and a Slovenian left back falls over and doesn't get to it. I'm still not sure which it is. Either way. You, say, he, you said Steve Chirundolo and my pants got tight. <laughs> but either He's way. thinking about it. Just to, just to give Daryl credit, he mm-hmm. took off Robbie Finley and, uh, and Jose Francisco Torres that at halftime. There yeah. it is. Torres. So is it what? Fair Harbor and Adu come in to, uh, yes. to place like extra Harbor central midfielders, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So yeah, Donovan is. He's in down the right, but he's at such a tight angle, right? He's at a crossing angle. He's at a cut it back or pass to the six yard box, look to the penalty area angle. And instead, he yeah. tries to take the Slovenian keeper's face off. Is it Ham- yeah. I think it's Hamdanovic. He absolutely, mm-hmm. he fires it inside the near post into the far post and ne- I mean, the keeper must have been absolutely terrified yeah the window is so it doesn't look that impressive I mean, if you don't know a little bit about what he's got to do to finish that it doesn't look all that impressive in the video it's like okay he just he has this open shot but no his window is literally that big yeah and it's like as close as you get to but a I would like about those moves is by taking Finley off and putting the two midfielders on you allow Donovan to start playing that weird role that he's best at the strike fielder where you don't know what the heck his right position is half the time. And Dempsey's the same player, to be honest with you. Yeah. In the, in the end, I would play Dempsey at striker if I was going to make the choice. But by having Finley off the field and Altador up there fairly solo, you allow Donovan to have all this space to be wherever he wants right behind the striker. Yeah. And I think that's where he's most dangerous when you don't know if he's going to play out of midfield or he's going to push that top line. But the problem is it's so inconsistent. I found U.S. teams didn't always know how to use him properly. Yeah, that's, that's a, to, you know, to Daryl's point about why you picked this game. That's a, that felt like a game where Donovan was taking the team on his back a little bit and yeah. saying, okay, I'm going to make this happen for and us. And that goal's the moment, right? I mean, not least. So, so 
so to Jarrah's point about the, the tactics of the substitution, it's given Donovan a little more freedom, right? Because normally in that right midfield spot, when we attack, he's allowed to drift in field. This is the classic Bob Bradley shape. But when they add the third central midfielder, he has less defensive responsibility. It's about mm-hmm. freeing up Donovan and freeing up Dempsey yeah. so that they can go deeper on the right and go deeper on the left and just have more of an attacking role. And it only takes Donovan three minutes to capitalise on it. And speaking of putting the team on his back, like... Taking that shot when there really is no angle, that's putting the team on your back, right? Yeah. That's you taking yeah. a horrible risk of looking really stupid and hitting the side net in, but instead yeah. uh, making it 2-1 and the US has almost an entire half uh, to yeah. get that equaliser. Then the equaliser from Michael Bradley, Donovan has a huge role in it. He plays, mm. he gets the ball on the, like, r- r- roughly the halfway line, mm. uh, right midfield, plays this really deep crossing, right? And it's not a thing you think of with Donovan as his crossing ability, but it's a really mm. deep cross that Altidore can head down for Michael Bradley to run onto yeah. and score. So that's 2-2. Donovan also puts the cross in for that Adu goal. He takes a free yeah. kick and crosses it in for Adu to score what I think we all agree is a perfectly good goal. Don't know so, why it wasn't that still. Uh, well, while we're talking about 2010, if you wouldn't mind me being able to go second in this round, because everyone got to do one. I know uh, Taylor had to do his second first, but... Uh, just because we're in 2010, I'd like to go in and do my second here because sure. I pick a game that's earlier in the year, uh, but same uh, same year. I went with uh, February 10th, 2010, and so this is the lead up to the World Cup, and it speaks to what you're talking about, Daryl, in terms of I think this is peak Donovan. 2010 is the 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 peak of his skill set and his confidence because in February of that year, that's the first loan spell to Everton. And mm-hmm. this game is Everton versus Chelsea, which Everton wins 2-1. And Donovan starts in this game. And I loved this game and this run of games in that first, well, that first run because Landon Donovan always had that moniker of he, he couldn't do it in Europe. He couldn't do it in Europe. He couldn't make it at Leverkusen. He had two chances. He takes a loan spell to Everton and just works his butt off. Only two goals. Only two goals, but he worked so hard and he contributed so much in so many different ways in there that they tried to sign him. And to Landon's credit, he told the team that I would be back and he came back because he wanted yeah. to uh, get so true to his word. But he gets an assist in that game. Saha, Saha ends up with both goals, but, um, but actually in that game as well, Landon Donovan draws a penalty as well. They should have gone up earlier in that game and saw a terrible penalty, put it right at uh, the keeper. But Landon Donovan works his butt off, and I just remember thinking, it's amazing to see what this guy can do, and he can actually play at this level. Yeah. It's almost saddening that he didn't get to do it more and for longer, but at least we got a window into that part of his stories. Like, at 2010, he could have played on any league in the world. That's what I felt in that moment, an American. Dempsey was doing the same thing at the same time, but Donovan was that guy. It's just like, he should have been that guy if it just worked out different at Leverkusen. If he had the, if he had the ability to want to stay there, but I think, it could I have think been that, different. That period, and I may, I may come back to this period for mine, um, but I think that period, it was, you, you either, there was a, such a divide among American soccer fans. You either rooted for Donovan, and that was sort of validation, hey, he can do it, he shouldn't just be judged on the Leverkusen failure or you hated Donovan because he never made it in Europe and yeah. you kind of begrudgingly gave him some respect there, even though you, a lot of people still said, oh, well, he's not staying. He's not going to be permanently there, et cetera, et cetera. But to go to Daryl's game, that's why he had so much confidence going into that World Cup. He came right. off that stint in Everton and he's on fire. Well, I also think that the, what was true about his stint at Everton is that he decided it was for him and not for anybody else, right? He, he, he reached a point where he finally said, okay, I want to prove this to me, not... 
not because American soccer fans think I should be in Europe and I have to I have to, you know, I have to prove something to them, which I think was always the case whenever there was talk about him going back to Europe after Leverkusen. Do you remember the T-shirt that was uh, Landy Cakes not available in Europe? <laughs> it was being sold at yeah. the time. Yeah, so yeah. I agree with Jared that it, it makes you think of what might have been if maybe he had signed for Everton permanently or if he just spent a lot more time in Europe. But yeah. it's better... It's better to have seen Donovan play in Europe and then lost than never you, to have, never to have seen Donovan play in Europe at all. Do you guys remember the other thing that happened to Landon Donovan while he was in? Yeah, that, 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 that contributes towards some of my my last game. I'm going to pick where okay. his mental game is uh, is rough. All right. yeah. All right. He had no, a complication while he was happened? there. I don't know. He had a, uh, he, he had a he, he, te- if you believe the press. Yes, he um, fathered a child that was oh. while there while he was married. Interesting. That's was the, he if you believe the time? press in England. I thought he was. I, I I thought he was, he was, was he divorced I, then? I'm pretty sure he was single at the time. He already he had already okay, divorced. Maybe the maybe first he and Kalish had divorced at that point. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was controversial because of that. It was controversial because hey, baby out of wedlock with you know. Yeah. Yeah. Some, the uh, the total sock show lawyers add the word allegedly to everything <laughs> that was just allegedly. said by the <laughs> members of the JD and the Rod podcast. Right. Okay. I would, <laughs> I have very fond memories of this 2010 period as well. Uh, also, I think all of mine are probably going to end up being named before I talk about them. So I feel comfortable jumping in here. <laughs> Just to say, okay. uh, it's worth noting that he has two spells there. So that's how yes. well that 2010 right. one goes. He goes back yeah. in 2012. And I remember at the time the exact same thing being like, Oh, he can do it. This is really exciting. Cause the other one that we haven't talked about is Bayern Munich, which obviously does not go well. I am still convinced it is my conspiracy theory that Jurgen Klinsmann blames him for that failing. And that's why Jurgen Klinsmann leaves him off in 2014. Uh, oh, yeah. But that that might be a bit too conspiratorial. No, no, I, I do. The first I do few think years of the long con of Klinsmann. Wait, Klinsmann wanted <laughs> a, like, a, if a I get a chance to screw him over, I'm going to do it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I think loves he, a scapegoat. I think he felt like like he was made to look bad because he vouched for Donovan and it didn't. Yep. And, it, and and all the German press came down Pre- on Klinsmann. Size, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, hundred percent. Jurgen Klinsmann held a grudge into 2014. Absolutely. But the, the 2014 yeah, leaving him out of the World Cup squad is really about the, the hiatus that Donovan took, right? That's what Kinsman didn't agree and with. And giving well, a spot too. to Julian Green. Yeah, that those, too. those two yeah. things. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And he wanted, yeah, that's the other thing, is Klinsman wanted to say, I'm the star maker. I, I can bring along yeah, this 18 year old and fill the void, you know, fill the shoes of the legend. And he had already had the Bayern Munich failure. Anyway, but he could have left Brad Davis off the squad for Julian Green, right? You know, he didn't have to be Landon Donovan. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah, no, exactly no, I mean, I, I, I know you're saying, Daryl. I genuinely do believe that, like, there is some bad blood there that goes back. I mean, it's the reason why Jonathan Klinsman, I would argue, like, tweets what he tweets. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. He clearly yeah. has some negative feelings towards Landon Donovan. And I think that it's, it is probably a little bit of, like, if I'm looking at that squad, I already have, if I'm hearing Klinsman, like, I have some doubts about the commitment of Donovan and I've got to leave somebody off and I am kind of annoyed with him. You know what? Why not? And also, it feels like a Jurgen Klinsman. Like he's a uh, he's Cersei Lannister in a lot of way in my mind of like you know what I'm just gonna do this and it'll totally work out without any sort of planning. <laughs> I choose that violence feels like a thing she would do is like I'm gonna behead Landon Donovan and see what happens. <laughs> and what happened was someone, I, I always wanted someone to make a meme. Do you remember that old PSA where the dad comes in and shows the kid the shoebox of marijuana? Yeah, and, and yeah. I always wanted it to be. Like someone make one with Jurgen Klinsmann bringing in the tweet to Jonathan Klinsmann and it says, where did you get this? From you, dad. I learned it from watching you. (laughs) Hey, this is Daryl. I'm cutting in to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Podiumware. Podiumware, hopefully you've heard about them this week because they've been on every episode. They're a family-owned business based in St. Paul, Minnesota, and they're advertising with us this week. Podiumware is a custom team apparel manufacturer in Minnesota that's turning the world of team soccer kit ordering on its head. They provide custom designs in a full line of soccer apparel, 
all made to order in their St. Paul factory. In normal times, we'd be giving you all the details about how great the process is and how your experience ordering for your or your kids' club teams will be made infinitely easier by using Podium Wear. But these aren't normal times. And because of the COVID-19 crisis, Podium Wear has started making face masks for you to wear while you're out and about on the sideline of a soccer match or even during your workout. You can buy a face mask for yourself or you can customize masks for an entire team. Once again, this is a family-owned business. There's no like big customer service menu you have to get through and talk to a computer. This is, these are real people with real facilities um, based in the United States, based in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, doing all the manufacturing. So by supporting Podium Wear, you're supporting American manufacturing jobs. So when normal times resume, you can go to podiumwear.com and you can get your kids' soccer kits. But for now, visit them for masks to wear out and about. You go to podiumwear.com and get your custom mask today. Maybe also bookmark them so you can sort of go back again um, when all this is over and you're ready to order some soccer kits. Podiumwear.com, check them out today. That's pretty good. All right, all I've, right. I've lost track of the order here, right? We all did one and then did I- Taylor do an extra 2010? No, I haven't done mine yet. Okay. He hasn't mentioned it yet. He 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 jumped in. You did you want to? Was that on your on list, record? Taylor? That no, one? it was not. Oh, okay. It was not. okay. A different game that we've already talked about with. I, I, yeah, I, I have a different game in the same period, mm-hmm. so I guess I've not been stepped on either. Should we go, go to number two? Yes, go, number let's two go. Though? Yeah. Okay. Uh, where we? Who's who's up? Jason Europe. Let's go, Jason. Davis. Okay. All right. So so my first choice was kind of Landon Donovan, Stone Cold Killer. You know, scoring the goal against Brazil again in a game they lost, but he obviously was great in that tournament. Otherwise, uh, the middle choice here, I'm going to go with the Phenom. So I'm going to I'm not taking it all the way back to 19 uh, to 2000 and his debut against Mexico, but I'm going to take it a couple years later to the Mexico game in, in the World Cup in 2002. All right, um, yeah. And now, you know, I don't think that game was all about Landon Donovan by any stretch, but his you know that streaking run to the back post to score the header that made it Dos Acero that final that you know put the nail in, in Mexico's coffin was such a big moment. He had had so much hype coming into that, that tournament. We were talking about Landon Donovan. He was the chosen one and he delivered, you know, a lot of these kids, they don't, they reach that stage and they, they can't handle it. And he lived up to it. I mean, it, he was precocious. He didn't know any better. He was all speed and, and no guile, but he got the job done. And I think, you know, obviously that game has a soft spot for me because it's Mexico, because it's a world cup, Round of sixteen match and and because that team was so fun at that moment. Yeah, so, Taylor, do you know where someone can find a breakdown of that game? <laughs> I certainly do, Jared. It's on Soccer One Hundred and One, and it's an hour okay. long. <laughs> it's, so Taylor, our memories of yeah. rewatching that recently, right? Is mm-hmm. it's a lot of the US just defending deep and hoping for the best, right? Against Mexico, yeah. It's a lot of defending. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, there's early, a game. early goal football, though. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Yeah, that 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 sort of uh, initiates a very defensive game plan because they're because they're one nil up. Yeah, but, uh, but that's, Mexico, that's Mexico is always going to have the ball. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step, step on you, Taylor. Mexico is always going to have the ball. It's just how much do you seed? How much ground do you seed in front of you, or you know, uh, in front of you versus it, with the goal lead that, that yeah. they already had from McBride? Yeah, and it actually ends up being a nice showcase for Donovan because the US tries to hit on the counter so many times. It's a lot yeah. of just Donovan at pace trying to break away, or like mm. McBride nods it down and Donovan at pace trying to break away. And it only yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no one likes watching a Ferrari and tra- no one likes watching a Ferrari in traffic. But he gets to be on open road all the time, yeah. you know? 
That's a good point. <laughs> and if you notice, both the, both of my my games so far involve those moments where Landon Donovan is just putting mm-hmm. on the afterburners and using that sp- pure speed. And I I recognize as an American soccer fan that it kind of makes me basic to care <laughs> about that. You know, maybe some maybe something a little bit more technically you, proficient. You, you, you saying that reminds me though. And I hope I'm not stepping on anyone else. Someone's going to do. But do you guys remember that USA Mexico game in Phoenix? Yes. Where, where the yes. goalkeeper, Osval, it was Osvaldo Sa- Sanchez, Sanchez tries yeah. to take out Eddie Johnson after the play. Yeah. But the thing that reminds me of that, like, that speed of Donovan in that game, if you go back and watch the highlights of that game, he's so fast that he beats the defense and he actually is motioning for Eddie Johnson to run because Eddie Johnson basically wasn't going to go with him. And he's ahead of the defender and moving his arm to get Eddie Johnson to run with him because he needs that second run to freeze Sanchez. You know, it's just, it's a next level when he's in the open field. Amazing to watch. Well, it it goes back, sorry, it goes back to the thing about defending deep against Mexico, though, because they're obviously, everybody's in their own half. No, I'm saying you get the ball, you you, you release the ball into Landon Donovan and he's got 60 yards in front of him. Yes, I'm happy with that. And Jason, I don't think you're wrong to be highlighting moments where Donovan got to showcase his pace, because honestly, how many Landon Donovan moments are there where it's, you know, rolling the ball with the sole of his foot or it's a Cruyff turn or it's it's like a rainbow? He's not Clint Dempsey, right? He's Donovan who Mm. loves open space to to run at people. That's really what his game, it's what his game is all about. And there are intelligent ways to do that, right? You can be fast and dumb and therefore not very good, but Donovan's fast and intelligent. And that's what, that's what made him such a dangerous player. Yeah. And from a general standpoint, that game is also the one where you, you they go surprise back three, right? And Eddie Lewis and Claudio Reyna are the two wing backs against Mexico. You, no, uh, yes. Claudio Reyna no. and Eddie Lewis are this. That's, right. that's what you said. said. Oh, that's sorry, said. I'm sorry. That's what you said. Then, yes, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah that, and so I feel like that that like makes that game really fun to watch as well for that reason of like you got a, t- a lot of tactical wrinkles. But then Donovan is the support striker because he began it uh, at least to the, my best recollection out on the wing, which is where I have him for my for my second game, which is actually my Strike first fielder. game. Uh, I have him. I have the 2002 uh, opener of the World okay. Cup against Portugal. Against it was Portugal. A, it was a it was a toss up between that game and the Mexico game. Part part of it was informed by yeah we just did that 101 episode, so I feel like I've watched that Mexico game like three <laughs> times now recently, and I think yeah. we have been meaning to do that Mexico game for a long time. So I think we watched it, had our notes ready, didn't record, and then maybe did it again. So I feel like I've watched <laughs> that game four times. I don't really need to watch it again. Whereas I don't think I've watched that Port- Portugal game again. And uh, although his his goal, which somehow I think he gets credited for it somehow, uh, is definitely an own goal, but it's still it, that was my introduction to Landon Donovan. That I remember, like maybe I watched into him in some MLS, but I remember that moment of like walking down the stairs at 5 a.m. or whatever it was to like him with the, the hands on the head, like I can't believe it celebration. But then he yeah. he kind of backed it up for the rest of that game in a way that other players did not. So that was kind of, of like my intro too. to him. What's that? Rest yeah, of that the rest tournament, tournament as well. Yeah. And mine is chronological, so I've gone 2002 and then uh, 2009 Confederations Cup. It really makes me yeah. think that the World Cup Donovan had in 2002, that's the World Cup Christian Pulisic was supposed to have in 2018, right? It was yep. supposed yeah. to be this big coming out party on the, on the world stage. Well, I, but I think the expectations were obviously even bigger for Pulisic. Yeah, because uh, I guess he's already um, succeeding yeah. with the German team as opposed to being loaned back to Major League Soccer. Yeah, Landon Donovan hadn't really made his mark as a professional yet. He's yeah. just, just kind of still living on 99 in the U-17 World Cup. So, well, it, if you it, remember that, that the final against Germany, that was probably his best game. The, that, that the he was dangerous. The quarterfinal, oh, yeah. no, excuse me. Their uh, final. Our final. USA's yeah. final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he, he made Oliver Kahn work. Yeah, in that yeah. game, he makes Oliver Kahn work. I mean, that was a showcase for him. That, that's the reason Bar- Bar- Lewis couldn't actually wanted him back again. I think they were not. I don't think they were interested in bringing him back. But that game against Germany, he was lights out. 
He was so good. Better and finishing is the only thing he could have done differently. In that I hope game. you didn't take the game off the board for somebody. Or oh, I might have. I don't know. Step I will on say something. that making Oliver Khan sweat is like making Thanos bleed. Like it's very, very difficult. difficult. Even if you do it once, it, it you're might saying not Oliver have that big Khan. Impact. Oliver Khan is inevitable. Is that what you're telling us? Though? For a long time, okay. he was. For a long time, I'm, just saying, I'm, I'm saying that's, that's what he said when he was saving. That's what he would do every single time. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to get us back on track with my second pick then. Um, I've gone for a similar era to uh, Jared's Everton pick. This is January 2010, and it's Donovan's oh. first goal in the Premier League. It's oh, Everton okay. 2, Sunderland 0. Um, he gets a, a, a nod down. There's a big Leighton Baines cross from the left. Tim Cahill nods it down, and Donovan is cut in from the right. He's at the top of the box, takes it on his chest, and finishes it um, to make it 2-0 in the Premier League. Um, that was a fun era of Everton, wasn't it? By, by the way, Donovan. if there's a player I could have just wished Tib was American, it was Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines is such an American-style player, how hard he works. Dream bigger, Jared. Yeah, I think, dream bigger. I think, I think I, with his, I his it. name, I mean, he can never be anything but English. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I just love, I love the way that dude works. He works so hard and he's so unsexy. You know? I would have bet all the money in the world that you were about to say Tim Cahill. Yeah, I know. Arteta? <laughs> <laughs> no, Leighton Baines. I love Leighton Baines, man. I love watching that dude. I don't know why. <laughs> and Osmond as well. Osmond, it was just such a workhorse team. A and they're very team. American. Just I wish think we that's got why Steven Donovan. Pienaar. That would have well, done it. I think that's <laughs> why Donovan fit in so well there. It's a working class team with a working class mentality. And I think that's why he did well there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And the other thing that I think was worth mentioning is I assume that Donovan did that loan in 2010 uh, to Everton essentially as World Cup prep, right? It was yeah. it was sort of to prove a point, sort of to ch- like check it off the list of I can play and succeed in Europe, but also it's really good for me to not spend January, February either in a camp and then doing nothing, but to be at the top of my game by March, then I can like take it down a notch for a couple of months in MLS um, yeah. and then I'm good to go for the World Cup. Well, don't forget, David Beckham gave him the architecture for that. Yeah. David Beckham was doing the same thing. To, to try to, he remember when he thought he could make the World Cup team yeah. again. He started doing those loans first. To Milan, right? You know, yeah. and he had kind of yeah, he had, he had already kind of started doing that in an effort to make the World Cup team as well. So well, I, what I think what I think happened is David Beckham went to the Galaxy Galaxy and said, "I I want to be in this World Cup team. I'm not going to get picked if I'm not in Europe. I want to go on loan to Milan." And they said, "Okay, you're David Beckham. We can't say no to that." And then Landon Donovan came along and said, "You let him go." You're going to have to let me go, too. And the Galaxy were like, oh, yeah, I guess. If your do older we, brother gets to do it, you get to do it, too. Do you and, remember what happened to David Beckham, though? Because it yeah. would have justified him them not letting him go. That's true. Really. Torn, torn Achilles ended. But, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah that's true. Right, Milan where, where Lab couldn't, uh, couldn't steroid that back together, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Is that everyone's seconds, then? Um, Jared, have you given so. us your second? I did. I went out of order because we were doing 2010. So, yeah, 2010 Everton was my second. All right, Taylor, can you kick us off with the third game, then? Sure. Uh, I mean, I can because you've already mentioned it. Uh, USA Slovenia was my third game. <laughs> um, my recorder is also giving me a notification that my uh, hardware settings have changed. So I'm going to talk us through that one while we do this. Uh, you still sound yeah. good. You still sound good. Okay. As long as I still sound good, that that's so your that's, your that's final game thing. is mm-hmm. roughly six years before his career ended. Then, so you're that saying the last six years were just bull, which is hard <laughs> for me as a Galaxy fan because there's three championship runs in there. I don't recognize those. Uh, oh, those didn't Lord. happen because, uh, you know, why not? And I want to make uh, Jared angry. Yeah, no, I think, <laughs> I think honestly, it's because, uh, to, like, to your point, Jared, uh, earlier on, like, mine does, it's kind of a, a story for me. Like, 
Tom Cruise wasn't. Landon Donovan yeah. is more of a like narrative structure. That's why I've gone 2002, 2009, 2010. And I think it's, it's because for me, because I don't have any interest or like a vested interest in the LA Galaxy aside from, sure. you know, when you're just watching them, those games don't register for me as much as those World Cup games. Those are the games where you sort of, for me, like you renew like, oh, right. That's why I love that player. Oh, right. That's why I want to watch them. And it helps you kind of get reinvigorated in that way. So yeah, that's, that's why I've kind of cut it there, but also because that, that goal, which Daryl has already described really well. So I'll just add that like watching it live, I remember thinking it was like a FIFA glitch of like, oh, <laughs> the AI just wants him to score to make this a better. Like I remember being like, someone's going to get to him eventually, right? Like one of you all is going to step to him. Yeah. And just it, it felt like the AI just kept pulling the defenders away as he got closer. And closer I thought you were going to say it's a glitch because you heard it before you saw it. <laughs> no, this one, this one, my wife and I, uh, then girlfriend, Pulled over in, I believe, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, we stopped at a bar at 9 a.m., which was already open, and there were several regulars in there very much already drinking, who I think we had the only TV in the bar that was focused on the World Cup, and by the end, I think all of them were, and all of the, uh, the outer fellas in there who were confused as to why my, my, my girlfriend and I were screaming at the television all got super into it and kind of <laughs> drunk by the end. So that was a good memory as well. That's great. She was That's spreading cool. the love yeah. of soccer. Mm-hmm. Daryl, do you remember the eagle that Margaret had for the uh, USA-England game in that tournament? Yes, yes, yes. So she, uh, I think our friend Peyton made sure that she traveled with the eagle as good luck for the uh, <laughs> the second game to make sure that she had it with her in the bar, which she did. All right, All does, right. does anyone have USA-Algeria? I don't. Do not. Yeah, is I did it, not for the exact same reason you mentioned, Daryl, because I remember hating that game aside from that last goal. Oh, so yeah. is it because we're also all hipsters and we didn't? We thought everybody else would pick it, so we went for something well, less Like obvious? I said, I was purposely trying to tell a story, yeah. so my yeah. story needs to go deeper than that. I had to I, pick something around that time, yeah. and I right. didn't choose that one. It, it, look, it, it, it's tough. It's tough to leave it off. Um, you, you know, again, accounting for the entirety of the game in, a, you know, in your mixtape is maybe the problem for us because that is the defining moment of Landon Donovan's career. It's not a magnificent goal. You know, he clean, obviously he sets, he starts the counterattack. You definitely give him credit for that. Yeah. But it's not as though it's like some, some amazing finish or something and he has but to pick I'll watch out a, a YouTube. I'll watch a YouTube clip yeah. of it. I don't need to watch that game. That's I don't exactly. feel like I need to watch that, yeah. that, that whole game. It's a YouTube well, game. This is what I think makes this, this whole exercise extremely interesting and, and, and complex. And maybe it's not the best listen. I don't know. Hopefully people like it. It's that soccer is a game played over 90 minutes. And then years later, what you remember are one singular yeah. moment. Yeah. You remember that one thing or that one sequence of play. You remember that one counterattack. And you convince yourself it was a good game. Yeah, and you might also you might that. even like romanticize the entire game, but really, there were 90 plus minutes of dredge in that game, right? So But it's such I an important know. moment, right? That's why I expected it to be on yeah. someone's list. It's so important. Like we've heard from people who became soccer fans because right. they sort of just like maybe someone persuaded them to watch that game like Taylor did with people with the Slovenia game and they happened to just get all excited but, when Donovan scored that goal and they suddenly realized their love for soccer was tied in with but, all this patriotism. But, but Daryl, those people largely, in most cases, the people were drinking at the time <laughs> and, uh, you know, enjoying the com- camaraderie of the moment, which yeah. I think, you know, elevates the and game. How many beers <laughs> are you in at 91st minute when that goal happens? You know, <laughs> that's why. The- and uh, let's not forget, I would rather watch instead of watching the Algeria game, I would rather watch the YouTube of the reaction video 10 times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a, we had Steve Trundle on recently and we were talking about that game and he had not seen that video. So I forced him to watch it really? after wow. we were done recording and he was like, ah, that was pretty cool. I was into it. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> All right. That, that's that's okay. So so nobody nobody included that one, but mm-hmm. I'm glad we talked about. We it picked a little four bit, yeah. 2010 games, and we didn't pick that one. <laughs> I, I haven't even gotten to my 2010 game yet. All right, Jason. Okay. Yeah. What is it then? What is it? Uh, well, I'm gonna so so I went with Stone Cold Killer Landon Donovan, the Phenom Landon Donovan in 2002. I'm gonna go with the Toffee. I'm gonna finish sweet finish here 
with Landon Donovan at Everton. Now, a lot of guys, Everton on today's show. Yeah, and from the same period, from that 2010 loan. And you guys both picked very good games. Jared's with Chelsea. You picked the one, uh, his first goal yeah, Sunderland. Uh, in the league against Sunderland. I'm going to take his debut with Everton. His first start, he, he starts against Arsenal. Um, you know, that's at the time, that's, that's you know, a Gunners team that isn't in the big four in England. That's a big challenge for him coming over immediately from the United States. And he had an assist on a corner kick, but that's not really the focus. He just was good enough, right? And, and, and good enough that he got written up as, oh, he gave Triori a, a tough time in that match, mm -hmm. you know? And again, you guys talked about that respect thing that came with Landon Donovan going to England and, you know, maybe not being a superstar, but belonging. And we didn't know. And because he had failed at Leverkusen and because he had been an MLS guy and everybody crapped on MLS, you didn't really know if he was that but good. How about David Moyes throwing him right into the mixer? Though? Exactly. I mean, and Moyes had no fear at all about giving him an opportunity. Does that and honestly like, surprise anybody, knowing what we now know about David Moyes? That sounds very much par for the course. Isn't it? Too <laughs> this, was early. this is David Moyes that we all believed in, though. In Everton, this was the true. David Moyes It was good David Moyes. Come on. Isn't it true that... Uh, uh, Donovan went kind of early though, right? So MLS season's over. I think he went and trained with Everton for a little he while, might have. but couldn't he play might have. till after January 1st when he could be registered. Right. So it's not like yeah. he got off a plane in yeah. the Northwest of England and was put straight in a game, right? He had time to acclimatize. Right. But, but, but come on, you, you know, there are players who take six months to adjust to the pay. I'm not yeah. saying that he was, again, I'm not saying he was a superstar and he came on on a multi-million dollar transfer, but he was, you know, he was still good enough on January 9th after having been training with them for two weeks or whatever it was to, to get an opportunity yeah. against Arsenal. It's not like it was against Sunderland. It's not like it was against, uh, you know, uh, Watford or whoever was el else was in the league at that point. It was Arsenal and it was, it was Arsene Wenger's Arsenal and it was a big yeah. deal and he, he belonged. And we, I, I remember watching that game. I think everybody who had even a slight interest in American soccer at that point was like, okay, we have to watch Landon Donovan start against Arsenal. Are you kidding me? So we, we've already talked about what this means for Donovan's reputation, right? But I want to maybe talk about what this means for um, American soccer fans and how it made us feel about American soccer. Because the vibe I got at the time was that we knew Donovan was our best player, right? And we were all about Landon Donovan, but we didn't have the validation of him succeeding in Europe. And it almost, for mm -hmm. me, it made me feel like American soccer was as legit as I'd been telling people. <laughs> and this was Donovan finally proving it for us. It made me feel that Eddie Johnson was actually going to do something. With <laughs> you know, like, it was honest. McBride pried the door open. Dempsey and Donovan put their foot through it. And you felt the next person through was going to bust that thing wide open. And it didn't happen. No, yeah, like, it didn't happen. I remember, I remember thinking, man, Americans are going to be part of the Premier League going Rick forward. Rick going to destroy <laughs> all of this, um, all of this is about the psychology of being an American soccer yeah. fan. And I talk all the time about about the inferiority. inferiority com it's hard word for me to say inferiority complex. It's because you're not you're not carry. good enough to say it. That's why. Uh, that's, that's what it is. We we carry it with us wherever we go. We look to especially the English to to you know to validate us. And yeah. even though we know it shouldn't matter, like I can enjoy MLS. On its own, you know, I don't have to think about, well, is it as good as the championship? Like, who cares? It's, it's, if it's fun for you, if it's, if it's uh, entertaining, watch it, enjoy it. Yeah. Don't, you know, people can stick their noses up if they want to. I, I, I still have an inferiority complex about the English, though, because Daryl has his shirts behind him pre-rolled. His arm <laughs> sleeves are pre-rolled, ready <laughs> See, to go. Jared, Jared, that's hilarious because I can tell you right now what that is. It's that Daryl took so little time taking the shirt off that he hung it up as it was when he took it <laughs> yeah, off. That's exactly how it would be for me. It was pre-rolled yeah. the time when I wore it before I washed there it. it is. And put it <laughs> yep. Yeah, these aren't even ironed. Yeah. Wait, yeah. you washed it? You washed it with the the sleeves up? Uh, yeah, I, I just said that. You monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is wrong? I'm going to tell Paul Watson. You're going to be in trouble. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah, we all so we all we all went back to that period for you mm. know because it's so critical yeah. to to, Lon, to Landon Donovan's story. Like if you were writing the movie of Landon Donovan, um, you know, you may again, you may you may you may flash forward. You may have later years. You may have championships with the Galaxy. You may have the World Cup disappointment. Yeah. But you'd have you him want, getting beaten up want, by Detroit. What's that? that was, what am I missing? That was a Last Dance reference. Oh, okay. Oh, so I'm not. I know. I know that from history. I'm not watching the Last Dance. I know. Hate me. Uh, Daryl so and I don't really. Uh, I know we still have some to go. So I apologize. I was just going to jump in to say Daryl and I don't really drink anymore when we watch games because we we either are going to review right afterwards or we know we have to review it after watching it again. So we're going to stay up really late. The last time I was like very drunk for a U.S. national team game at a World Cup was USA Ghana in 2010. Okay, I was I was like I think I don't remember that game. I had to rewatch it. Well, I'm it glad, super glad fun. you were drunk for it. But one of the last things I remember was was sitting in the booth with Daryl and some of our other co-hosts at the time, and I believe I I like started screaming at the tele like Donovan like had dropped in five yards and like laid a pass off, and I was like he doesn't do that if he doesn't go to Everton. Like I was convinced he couldn't have done. <laughs> you know like, who the else was drunk for that game? Without that, yeah, also drunk for that game was Ricardo Clark. Rick, Rico Clark was the he was the heel. He was the he was the scapegoat. Oh, that yeah. oh Jason, the, sorry, I, I interrupted you with a very bad yeah. joke with a reference that no one got. No, where were you? No, where no, were no, you going it. before that? No, no, that's that's all. I mean, just the inferiority complex yeah. being part of our our focus on that period in his time at Everton. Would you, and, and that's why I finished with that. Would you agree that we are sort of um, living in the future that was promised by Donovan's three month spell at Everton? We now have Pulisic at Chelsea and McKenney and Gio Reyna um, and all these guys in the Bundesliga and Tyler Adams yeah. at Leipzig. I feel like we're it's kind of, it's, it's actually happened now. It's hard to know how to feel about it, yeah. you know, because it used to be like, oh my god, we got a guy in the, you know, in the, I was going to try to pronounce the name of the Swedish uh, first division. I'm not going to try. Um, we <laughs> have a guy in Sweden, you know, when, when Charlie Davies was in Sweden, or you know, Josh Gatt. No offense to these guys, that was, you know, we got ex- really yeah. excited about it's those te- players it's because technically we, Europe. Yeah, we have a lot <laughs> else to go. I remember like. Like, yeah, man, I remember guys in, like, Russia who were bit players and were like, oh, my God, can they play for the national uh, team? Evgeny Starikov? That I'm guy. With you. <laughs> yeah. Eugene, I remember him. Evgeny. I remember Who's him. the guy that was in Israel? A.K.A. Eugene. Oh, uh, uh, Kenny Saif. Yes. Kenny Saif. Yeah. Well, he yeah. did get some caps. Mm-hmm. He got some he actually, caps. I but, thought he looked good for the national team when he played. But, the team, yeah, there the was a lot of, there was a lot of years. So, middle of, you know, the 2000, yeah. I don't know, 2002 to 2014, 15, where it was, that's the best we could yeah. do. And they always looking for a toehold. Everyone's looking for a toehold, you know? Yeah. To your question, though, Daryl, I think, like, I actually don't think we're there now in the way that we were in 2010. Like, I think you listed a bunch of uh, players there who were all phenomenal, but you listed a bunch of guys who were playing not in the Premier League. And that is maybe the difference for me, Chelsea? Like, at that time. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. name, name me more. No, <laughs> like, but I know the there point, are but, some out there, but like, but this is, this is the interesting. This is the interesting. Again, I mentioned going, looking to the English for validation. And we have our big, our best players in England, and he costs a lot of money. And that's validation on some level. Chelsea paid a lot of money for Christian Plissick. Yay us. But really now we're focusing on, like, we're shifting and now we're looking at Germany and going, okay, yeah. do this for us. And we're going to, you know, we're going to respect you now. We may not, I mean, we had Germ- we had players in Germany. We did. Even before Jurgen mm-hmm. showed up and started converting guys to U.S. men's national team players, we had guys in Germany, uh, but Tirundolo, chief among them. But now it's definitely like, okay, screw the Premier League. Mm-hmm. We're all about the Bundesliga that's, now. That, Especially this weekend. What what, yeah, true. <laughs> that's what I'm kind of saying, though, is that, like, I think at the time, and maybe this was just my perspective, but I remember that, like, mattering that Pulisic, or Pulisic, uh, that Donovan broke through at Everton a little bit because it was like, there's another one. Like, they can handle the best league in the world. And I think I had that mentality of England is the best. And so I don't really care if, if Donovan had gone to, 
uh, I don't know, like Augsburg or something and had really yeah. big success or Wolfsburg, right. like a more mo- me- medium team, like it probably wouldn't have mattered as much. And I remember at the time thinking like, this is it. If he makes it in the Premier League, then more Americans are going to go there. And it's weird to fast forward to now where if you told me like it's only Christian Pulisic sort of, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like we got yeah, guys the in the Bundesliga, is, we got guys that's far. I don't really care. It's fine. In the story of Americans in the Premiership, when you go from Joe Max Moore to Claudio Reyna to, to Clint, I mean, Brian McBride, Clint Mathis, Donovan, it all felt like Dempsey. we were leading it. Dempsey, yeah, sorry. We're all uh, leading into a golden age of America's premiership. And in mm-hmm. hindsight, the sad thing is we were in it. Yeah. Right? yeah. That, I, that's sad to us. Again, it's sort of changing your expectations or changing what you accept as, you know, as success, I guess. I mean, again, adjusting. It's not like obviously the Bundesliga is. If not, if it's not the Premier League, well, it's not that far off, right? So we can yeah. say that's okay. And even better that rather than this sort of convoluted, oh, Eddie Johnson is going to cost three million dollars from the Kansas City Wizards. Weston McKinney is eighteen and signs directly with with Schalke. We're, we're not and, very much different than nineteen ninety four. John Harks was in the Premiership. We got Pulisic now. I mean, it's not like we're th- <laughs> we've traveled okay. that far. But I think in terms yeah. of in terms of the focus on American players, it certainly has changed. Whether the volume or the the level is as high that's a different kind of equation i guess I don't know. Right, i'm gonna so get it. jason and i have our third yeah daryl and jared i think you still have to give us uh, your third game hey this is daryl cutting in to let you know that today's show is sponsored by roman if you're dealing with erectile dysfunction first of all don't be embarrassed second of all you can get treatment Third, you don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go and see a doctor to get treatment because our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that connects you with a doctor licensed in your state and it can all happen from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash TSS for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash TSS for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So my third, I want to watch some early MLS. And the reason I'm oh. choosing this is I don't think anyone else has chosen any MLS. So no. shame on all I'm of about you. To. Bad Patriots. I'm about to. Oh, Jared. Well done, Jared. Um, I'm going to go back to the 2001 MLS Cup. I don't oh. even know if it's a good game or not, but I would enjoy it just for the novelty factor. Why you got to pick the one he won against the Galaxy? I picked the one he <laughs> won against the Galaxy. So this is a 19-year-old Landon Donovan. His first season in MLS on loan from uh, Leverkusen for the San Jose Earthquakes. Wearing number 10 bleach blonde hair um he scores the equalizer and Dwayne de rosario scores the winner in extra time that's so classic about MLS. that just think about that sentence you said right there yeah. like de rosario was the sub yeah. if i remember correctly he wasn't even the starter at that point he's gotta be like, young right those 20, two guys 20 something i think early yeah, 20s you could say but, it, but when people were having the conversation this week about mls mount rushmore in that team you had two guys and neither we didn't know ne- either one of them was going to be that guy at that point yeah no yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I can't tell you much about the game other than um, the quick clip I saw. There was Frank Yallop, the San Jose coach before, just said to, to Landon, Landon, you'll get a, you, Landon, you're wide. You get a chance to run them. Do it. 
That was Yallop's tactical instruction to Landon Donovan. It sounds like, like Bruce I, Arena's instruction is true as well. <laughs> I like that I can see the reflection of Daryl's screen in his glasses, and I'm trying to figure out if he has a Google Doc open or if he's reading Wikipedia. Google Doc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's prepped. That, yeah. Also, also on the field, if we want to do some reminiscing, on that San Jose team, Jimmy Conrad playing centre-back, yeah. Jeff Agus, wow. Joe Cannon in goal. Um, and then on the LA Galaxy team, you've got um, Brian Ching on the bench, doesn't make an appearance. Kobe Jones yep. is playing for the Galaxy, Paul Calagiri is playing for the Galaxy, and Mauricio mm. Cienfuegos is playing for the Galaxy. Mathis has already, oh. already gone to New York by that time, yeah. Oh. And forgive me for asking, I'm going to out myself as not being like super into MLS of that time period. Is this the Clash or the Earthquakes? Earthquakes. I double-checked. So I kept thinking, cool. shouldn't this be the Clash? It, it uh, was like, the Clash lasted for like two years before they changed it. Like, it yeah, was they very rebranded quick. pretty quick. That, that, yeah. that like, electronic crab thing wasn't working. <laughs> And, 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 I thought they moved yeah. to Houston, and then they like like okay, they went team. earthquakes, then they moved to Houston, and then they start the earthquakes over again. Uh, well, okay. so you have to go. They were the Clash, uh-huh. and then yeah. they changed it to the earthquakes. Then same they team, moved to ownership. Houston. Same then ownership. MLS dropped another uh, San Jose team. Then and called new the ownership started all over again yeah. in San Jose. Major League Soccer. It's, it's super weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MLS. <laughs> Woo! So you make mean, it sound like if you go back to 1920s, England didn't look yeah. great either. <laughs> I mean, dude, look at the opening of basketball remains one of my favorite commentaries on modern sports. And it's like the jazz moved to New Orleans or no, the New Orleans jazz moved to Utah where they don't allow music. Uh, the Minneapolis <laughs> Lakers moved to Los Angeles where there are no lakes. The Oilers right. moved to Tennessee yeah. where there is no oil. Like, yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, would I enjoy this game? Um, I, I wouldn't. The wrong result happened. <laughs> you know, I, man. I didn't. You I didn't know. watch it. I didn't watch it at the time, and I've never gone back and watched the whole thing. It's so the, I, I think it's the last MLS Cup of the mullet. So if you enjoy that, I think it was the last <laughs> one because I think you had maybe. Um, I want to say Matt Doyle, not not, uh, not Matt Doyle. Jeez, John Doyle. Uh, I believe John Doyle might still have been on that team. Matt Doyle has no game? hair, so yeah, I, I don't know, know what you're wrong talking wrong about. Doyle. Uh, maybe well, Doyle, in uh, Yeah, but that. <laughs> The weird thing about that, here's the weirder thing, Daryl. Do you realize you just read two Western Conference teams? I didn't realize that until uh-huh. you said it. Yeah. Is this because of the weird, like, unbalanced conferences? So they, it was, yeah. it was, they just did it differently back then where you could end up with, uh, I think it, it, the way the seedings happened, it wasn't necessarily East versus West. There yeah. was the, the, yeah. the last two spots were determined by point total, and you went into one of those two conferences based on where your point total was. Well, yes. re- remember that this is also 2001. So this is weird MLS post, yeah. uh, post 9 11 MLS. Post is it also, yeah. it, was it post contraction or was that? Like that happened. Then the, I think that after that season is when they shut the the two Florida teams down oh, after two thousand okay. or two thousand two. They did it right in that period. Also interesting. Right, so, do you know where these two uh, California teams were asked to play in MLS Cup? Uh, let's see. Where did that happen? Is this a is this a Foxborough Stadium game? This is what is this? Columbus, Ohio. Both Columbus, of these teams Ohio. had to travel like three thousand miles to play each other. <laughs> They and that's when they realized the emulating the NFL not the best yeah, idea. They that's just, not predetermined. They the could have just met in the middle of California, right? Well, that's MLS going, we have one stadium. We should use it. We have one. Daryl, <laughs> uh, I would say I remember seeing Fuegos being super-duper fun to watch. So yeah. it might be fun to watch from a perspective of you get to see Donovan, and if Donovan's not doing stuff, you can see yeah. what Cien Fuegos is. I mean, plus, those two teams were super uh, incestuous as well. If the players went back and forth between those two teams all the time. Yeah. Brian Mullen, uh, uh, Danny Kalick, uh, and you had uh, Donovan going back and forth. They shared so many players. Brian Ching was on it was really for the galaxy. Yeah, Brian Sheen. Yeah, yeah it, it's it was very very those two teams for some reason they shared players all the time. It just made the rivalry even more interesting. So I might watch this but I've got three Tom Cruise movies to watch first. So <laughs> 
Well, I'll give you a different one to watch instead. Also MLS. Yeah. And this is my final one on there. Um, once again, kind of telling the story of Donovan, uh, from a uh, debut in Mexico as the Phenom 2010 at his peak it making it represented for the U.S. and, uh, England. I'm picking the 2012 MLS Cup final and not just because the Galaxy won. And I think Jason, you and I were both there for that. I believe so. Fly? I think you, that yeah. was the first time, one of the two times you and I have actually been in the same place at the same time. This is the, the time I stayed at your house? I stayed at yeah, your you house. Yeah, you stayed at my house that yeah. I think. Um, so no, no, we, we, I came out you, for two You cups. came out twice. Yeah, we had the Japanese Let's figure it out right now. Let's, we let's had the dojo. Out. Let's cut them out. Let's do the At math. one point, just, just to three fill times. this in, three at times, one sorry. point, uh, I went out and uh, a bunch of guys, Pablo Maurer, Fertelli's. John Arnold, Sam uh, Seth Vertel, we we had an Airbnb and it was a dojo, and there, all the beds were flat on the floor. There was <laughs> a- any any B and B with Pablo Mar is a dojo. That's the rule. <laughs> that's, prob- that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but this game, I, the reason I picked this game is, first of all, I think of it as a good bookend and also tells a side of Donovan that I don't think we've told through a game. And this is the last game when he's at his wits end before he did the 140 some day Cambodia. I'm out of here. Um, uh, where like he was at his brink. And this is the 2012. This is bearded Donovan. This is Donovan. I've got nothing left in the tank, Donovan. And it also is the last game he goes out with a, a championship, just takes off. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, and I, I, I've got to have my rest, like Rodman, all of the the uh, the <laughs> last dance. Yeah. Last dance. Donovan didn't uh, get to Vegas, got, though, right? He, he didn't go to Vegas. He went to Cambodia. I'm sure he had some fun there too. I mean, but, they, they both did end up in uh, remote East Asian countries, I guess. Yeah. So it's <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's a Rodman to North Korea joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but it also tells the story that coming out of this immediately after this is the stage and the the move after this where. Klinsman loses respect for him. Like yeah. this is, you're not committed to this. After this game, going on that trip afterwards and letting and stepping away from his team, stepping away from the national team at that point, and saying it's not my priority. This is where you allow the doubt to sip in with Klinsman, and this is where the story of why he doesn't make the 2014 World Cup starts. This is or is it a Bayern Munich? No one knows for sure. True, but I, I think that, that you, you could really look at this more. Like, why? How many players do you know that just step away for three yeah. months, miss games? I mean, yeah. d- doesn't he as well come back, play for the national team, like scores against Mexico in a two 0 win in World Cup qualifying, yeah. like two thousand and thirteen? Yeah, yeah. The thing for me yeah, is, Jared and I were, he's, he's, and I were in Columbus for that. We were Donovan there. has yeah. come back and proved it, and it's almost like. I think until the moment when Klinsman doesn't take him to the World Cup, it feels like the stepping away was the right thing to do, right? I fully mm. supported it at the time because I feel like anyone should be allowed to step away from their job if they if they well, feel but, stressed and they feel like they need to reload. That's one of the amazing – that's why I respect Jerry putting this game in. And, you know, we've talked about it, but it's kind of not included. We didn't, we have talked about interstitials being included in these mixtapes. So if you have like a <laughs> – what was it? The the Don't Tread video is definitely an interstitial in, in Clint Dempsey's mixtape between the games. Uh, we don't really have something like that for Donovan, but I, I think this is an important part of his story because at the time, we w- we had a massive debate, and it, it went outside of soccer, yeah. about whether or not athletes should be able to care for their mental health the way that Donovan did because you're not supposed to walk away. Uh-huh. And you're, you know, obviously Klinsman— You're supposed to play through. Klinsman couldn't, he could not get on that level at all. He had no, uh, no context for what Donovan was doing. And yeah, I mean, you know, the modern athlete is sort of like we're evolving and Landon Donovan pushed the evolution a little bit. Do you know what? Maybe he shouldn't have gone to Everton in 2010 and again in 2012. Maybe that's what uh, burned him out. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, butterfly effect chaos theory yeah. 
can I that's, just add that's the Land of Donovan story, though. Well, I, actually, I, I, I had a joke, but instead I have an actual question for Jared. Jared, I was like in reading about more about Donovan today. The thing that I've like always been curious about and never asked, but I feel like you, you might be able to shed some insight on is I, I remember reading the, the Beckham experiment, the Grant Wall book before like they started winning titles. Do you have a sense of how he and Beckham were able to like mend that relationship? Because reading that book, like it's clear that Landon Donovan uh, told Grant Wall some stories, and it can, feels uh, like uh, they would have hated can each other. Can I, can I tell you what did it? Yeah. Can I can I can I guess? Go ahead. Yeah, Bruce go ahead. Arena. Two things: Bruce okay. Arena, Robbie Keane. Winning Paul solves oh, everything. Wow. Winning solves everything. You made the choice. They made the choice to oh, first they get rid of. Um, Why well, am I blanking the Dutch guy's name? Root Hula. Oh, Root Hula. They get rid of Hula. They've replaced it with Yallop. The Donovan guy. They went and got Donovan's guy from San Jose. Yeah. Didn't work out. They said, you know what? This time around, screw both of you. We're going to get someone in here that's a grown up in the room. And they bring Bruce Arena in. A guy that is, that's a, first of all, a player's coach too. It's going to give him room. You know, it's going to let them be themselves. And you, you, the problem is they walked into, they walked, and walked into the team and they ripped the arm man from Donovan and said, here. You know, that's emasculating, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but I think when you bring Robbie Keane in and by the way, Robbie Keane ended up captaining this team toward at the end, not Donovan. I, you could argue Robbie, he's the best player of the three. Yeah, seriously, I, I, absolutely. I don't even know if it's an argument, to be honest with you, but the, he Robbie Keane comes in, Bruce Arena comes in and they start to win and winning solves problems. And then Beckham got hurt, too. Remember the Achilles? Oh, yeah. It became Donovan's time. So when Beckham comes back. This team went on without him, and it was Donovan's team again. Keen's there. He's coming back to a different menta- a different team that he left and a different yeah. role when he left. And it's like, okay, winning starts happening, and then everything's cool from there. It, yeah. it, I think, maybe that's oversim- oversimplifying, but that's my uh, that's my uh, view of it. I mean, you turn this all into you know like like uh, uh, bucks fighting for territory and for the ma- best. You know, it's all alpha stuff. I don't know if it's exactly how that happened, but it's interesting. It sounds like as well. I just remember reading the Beckham experiment that um, essentially Beckham's introduction to the team didn't go all that smoothly, right? There are things where they all went out for dinner and it was a relatively expensive dinner and Beckham didn't pick up the check for everybody and there were some guys who were making very, very little money for whom this was a very, very expensive meal. Uh, I he wish I could think of the guy's know. name. There's a defender that was cleaning pools in the yeah, side. Yeah, so yeah, this is the exact but, story. Yeah, but, but I think the, the point is that Beckham probably had never been in that situation before, right? Because normally you go out with your teammates. Yeah. He knows they can all afford dinner. It's no big deal. And I think maybe it took Beckham a while to adjust to the weird situation of being this really expensive player on a major You, you know who wasn't team. hard to adjust? You know who didn't have a hard time adjusting? Alan Gordon. <laughs> My man would go anywhere. He'd down for the party. <laughs> but Daryl, but I guess that's what, that's what like throws me, though, is like, I remember that. I remember the thing where like Donovan clearly told Grant Wall about like running into Beckham at In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. And those moments stood out to me more because it was like, like we we've all done interviews, we've all talked to players. Like it's really difficult for them to like open up and tell you stuff because they don't know who's gonna hear it or how people are gonna take it. And that he was like willing to go on record and say like, "Come on, man, you can't pick up the check." Like that's a big thing to say, yeah, and it yeah. made me feel like this situation seems like like it cannot be repaired. This is Donovan being the captain. Don, Donovan's being the captain for the American player. Like he's sure. saying what all those guys in the locker room don't have the ball to say, and they don't have the clout to say. No, they don't yeah. feel that their job. They're playing for a job. They need that paycheck. Donovan's in a, in a in a fortuitous situation where he's getting paid. He's got money. He can go somewhere if he has to go somewhere. So this is him being a captain on the side, also serving his own best well, interest. Th- this also. is this is again the, sort of the the duality of Landon Donovan. He is such a big fish in a small pond in American soccer in MLS, and he within that world he has he's the only one. You know, you could argue about Harks and and Winalda and maybe Alexi when he was making music and uh, you know famous in '94. 
But Landon Donovan was the first true American soccer superstar. And so he, he can go to Beckham and say, hey, what about picking up the check? And then he, you take him out of this pond and you put him in the much bigger pond in England. And it's the complete inverse. Like he's we're wait. Oh, my God. Is he going to be OK? Is he going to be OK? Like, yeah. it, it, it's such a weird because of where American soccer was. It's a, it's a, it's American soccer in microcosm Landon Donovan's career. It's just fascinating. That way. Going back to the Klinsman thing, I, I mean, I have no evidence for this, but I wouldn't be surprised if part of the um, not taking Donovan to the World Cup thing and part of like the uh, the clash between them, maybe it's not about 2009. Maybe it's not about the hiatus and going to Cambodia. Maybe it's just about the power dynamic in the locker room. Maybe it's like Klinsman wants to do a certain thing. Donovan is sort of the voice of the players saying, oh, we shouldn't do that. I don't like that. And, and Klinsman ultimately decides all right, if I want to do things the way I want to do them, we, we can't have this guy in the room. It's possible. Yeah. It's, it's possible. I have nothing to back that up. Here's the interesting question, though. If there's, a German yeah, football po- if there's a German football podcast out there and they're doing a career mixtape of Jurgen Klinsmann, do they do an American part of it? For his managerial Does, career? If you're just saying his story. Oh, his whole story? It, it, wow. you, it, it's whatever you want to do. Is it three games of Jurgen Klinsmann as a player, or is there something part of you're telling the story of Jurgen Klinsmann? Well, is there a U.S. I mean, coaching game in there? You changed the whole the whole concept of the mixtape because we were talking about games. But I, if you want to tell a story about Jurgen Klinsmann's soccer journey, I think the American thing is a big chunk of that. Oh. I mean, obviously the playing days are the, the front end, but yeah, I would bet that it's not because it's just not. It's not as important to them as it is to us. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, if they're, doing, German, if they're doing him as a manager, they're doing Bayern Munich. No, they're yeah. doing 2006. Or, or, the, like, or, the, or the German yeah. team when he actually coached. Yeah. See, I think it might be the Bayern Munich one, though, because I, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like the story has become like Yogi Lo was the brains of that team. Yeah. yeah. And I do think in Germany, if you're doing like a, a documentary, whatever, where you're watching games about Jurgen Klinsmann, I think there is kind of an argument, at least for Germans, that like his German story ended with Bayern Munich basically well, and I then he goes to America same, but it's like oh he's over there who cares the, the, the Munich thing is some of the same parallels of the US story anyway uh, mm-hmm. the, the guy's out he's fish out of wall I mean he's above he's, he's above out his of depth. his depth yeah. yeah and he just he's not at that level of what he's being asked to do he, he's he's like me taking over Bayern Munich like you guys know how to win you don't need me here <laughs> like, he, he's the guy let's run the guy's, <laughs> exactly the guy's ability to you know just fake it I mean it, I it, we were when we were talking about Tom Cruise Tom Hanks came up I think I said something about he's only run in one or one movie and Daryl correctly said Forrest Gump was the right one to mention but I was like doesn't he run in Catch Me If You Can and I'm thinking that's you know that whole con like that's through an airport. I'm not saying Jurgen Klinsmann doesn't know soccer. He knows soccer. There's, I'm, I'm not giving him enough credit. But it is a lot of like, you just walk in with confidence and act like you belong. People will treat you like you belong. <laughs> There's a lot of that going More on. More importantly, who wins a foot race? Tom Hanks or Jurgen Klinsmann? Right now? Yeah. Jurgen Klinsmann. always. I don't know why I asked The that. guy was playing semi-professional soccer under a different name in his 40s in the California. <laughs> you haven't watched Forrest Gump enough. <laughs> you know, I, feel, I feel you don't realize that's fiction. What? Jürgen that wasn't a documentary? <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann it was, it wasn't about Tom Hanks. <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann is like Tigger. Like, he doesn't ever really stop. He's always kind of just bouncing is, is, around. Is Forrest Gump his most fit movie? Because the only other one that comes to mind would be Saving Private Ryan. That's the only other one that I can think of where I can think of You're him as like... pretty fit in Castaway, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he that's, slims that, down, doesn't he? <laughs> you're climbing trees for food. You're for a while. Swimming, you're like, <laughs> your fit's the right word for that. Uh, <laughs> Right. It implies health. Before we get too far off topic, yeah. um, anything else on Landon Donovan's career before we uh, before we wrap this up? 
Yeah, I've got, a, I've got 20 minutes on Castaway. If we've got time for it. Uh, no, no, I'm good on Donovan. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait, no, no, I do have one more thing. To uh, Jason's point about the interstitial stuff, if we were going to do this, of like you need a little like yeah. uh, amuse-bouche, I think it's probably, I think it was FIFA. Was it FIFA that he and Steve Nash were advertising together when Steve Nash was absolutely hilarious in those ads? Do you remember those? Oh, I don't know. He, sh- he shows up in a stretch limo with a jacuzzi in the back, and he's like, yeah, I'm really excited to meet Steve Nash. Like, I've heard he's a really nice guy, and Steve Nash pulls up in a... Stretch limousine, jacuzzi in the back. He's playing FIFA, and he's so obnoxious. <laughs> like he is so incredibly obnoxious. That's a hole you should for go me. find I've those. never seen. Them. All right, those are okay. amazing. Let's get, our, let's I, get well, our best interstitial stuff in there. Okay. I want the Wells Fargo ad with uh, Don Ovan oh. and the instructions yes. to pass to hat trick Rick. Okay, I've, I've got Mexican lottery commercials. I was going to go Mexican lottery. Dang it! <laughs> yes, wearing the hat and the mustache, trying to sneak across the border against Mexican lottery tickets. That's great. He had to have, have an ESPN commercial too, right? Was, he had to have been in one of those. I think he yes. was. By the way, we probably—and I know we've said a lot of things—and we don't have a, a lot more time to. to we probably he, got, he kicks the he kicks the photocopy machine and gets a yellow card. That's, that's it. Oh, okay. yes. That's yes. really good. Yeah. <laughs> we probably haven't done justice to Landon Donovan's relationship with Mexico and its fans. Mm. Like that's that's a whole show. I think by they itself. like him. He he came full circle on that too, man. From oh, no. hated it's to loved, you know, or respected you, at least. You only give swine flu to the ones you love. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen. That was, this is great. Thank yeah. you very much. We enjoy this. I look forward to listening to uh, future episodes. I assume you'll do this again on uh, on JD and the Rod. Sure, absolutely. Right. We have plans. You right? have plans? Right. Absolutely. We are, we're, we're taking submissions. You got an idea of what you want to do? Yeah. Well, now we've done the two big American players. We've done uh, we've done one of the biggest American actors. But two yeah, of throw them. it out. Two us. of them. And two there of are them. there are variations on this theme. Jared even said like you could take. Uh, you could take one uh, one character from a sitcom. I and said like choose... George Costanza. If you're going to do the three George Seinfeld <laughs> episodes that are the best George Costanza, or tell the story of George Costanza, <laughs> which ones are you going to do? You know, like yeah. the, it, it, Vandalay Industries. Are you going to talk about when his wife licked an envelope? What are you going to do? You know? yeah, absolutely. The, the one the yeah. one where he does everything the opposite of the way he would do it is, is up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he one. yells at George Steinbrenner. That's, a, that's a <laughs> he was supposed to be uh, Kevin Pollock's character, by the way, in A Few Good Men to bring it all full circle. Just oh, oh, really. Oh. But then Seinfeld got picked up for a second season, so they had to wow. kill somebody else. Now the else. question is for your listeners, which one of us picked A Few Good Men on our show? Mm. you have to listen to find out. you have to listen mm, to find is. out. Can I close by saying, Jason and Jared, I'm so happy that you guys are back together. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. We you, were sir. never really apart. You know, those bonds are hard to break. Oh, no, I'm not saying you yeah. fell out. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that you guys weren't doing the show No, there together. was a time where it was East Coast, West Coast. It was like two pockets <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah, man. I was dropping diss tracks left and right. You don't even know. I, <laughs> he said something bad about AJ De La Garza, and I, we just couldn't, do, we couldn't hang. I will close by saying, Jason, I mean, Jared, and Taylor, thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight. 